When politicians retire or lose an election, unless they're very high profile, they tend to drop quickly from the public's attention. Despite developing a network of contacts and building a busy calendar while in office, once the political fanfare goes away, it can be a lonely and isolating life for many. I'm Dave Breckenridge and this is 10-3. National Post political reporter Brian Passifume joins me to discuss how former MPs cope with life after politics, why it can lead to depression in some cases, and what the public may not understand about the return to civilian life. Don't forget you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music. I'd love it if you could leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about the show. Brian, we tend not to think about politicians after they retire or are voted out. And I know we're a ways away from an election. So thinking about politicians being voted out isn't necessarily something top of mind. But you had an interesting feature recently about kind of the experiences that some of these politicians go through. And I guess first, kind of some of the basics of what happens when a politician decides not to run or is beaten in an election, what happens to them? Like, do they, do they get a pension? They have to like move all their stuff out of the parliamentary offices, obviously, but kind of what, what happens to them when they leave politics? Yeah, it's, it's really, it depends on a few factors. Like when it comes to things like, like pension and stuff, it really depends on how long you've been in office. Uh, but yeah, usually if, uh, you know, if election night comes around and your, uh, your, your, your name isn't top of the, uh, the list on TV there, you're, uh, and that's pretty much it. You've got, uh, you've got a few weeks to, uh, get all your stuff out and gone, uh, because, you know, they have to, uh, you know, if there's obviously could be something coming coming to take place, particularly if you're if you're a cabinet minister. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's pretty unceremonious, and it's also pretty traumatic. It's uh, you know, obviously, it's uh, you know, you go into election night thinking you're going to win, and uh, you end up getting uh, getting an upset. Yeah, it's pretty much it's like oh, sorry, but now you got to you know put all your feelings aside and uh, pack up your stuff and go. And particularly if you're an MP from out of town, you know, you've got a, a place in Ottawa that you're renting and or living in. You've got to make arrangements for that. So yeah, it's it's something that uh, you know nobody goes into politics thinking that they're gonna you know spend the rest of their life in elected office, but. Uh, you know, getting uh, you know the risk of getting voted out is an occupational hazard, but really, it's uh, yeah, it, it can still be devastating. Yeah, and so when it comes to a politician who leaves office, whether by their own volition or uh, at the behest of voters, are there resources that that help them transition back to normal life? I know, like, it depends on how long you've been around when it comes to your pension. Um, so, like, one termers may not be eligible for uh, the kind of pension that might set them up to to give them a good financial cushion, but what other resources are there to help them transition back to civilian life? The inspiration for the story actually came from uh, an MP that I interviewed in my story, uh, Leo Duguay, who uh, was uh, was an MP. Um, he actually, I wrote a story um, a few months ago on the uh, federal government's transition support program, which, uh, what it is, it's, it allows... Uh, it's a program that helps transition former MPs into sort of life after politics. It's a uh, the program makes fifteen thousand dollars available to former MPs uh, for education, retraining, things like that. And the story I wrote on it kind of uh, listed that uh, twelve former MPs had built the federal government's program to the tune of ninety thousand dollars for a variety of things, from from MBAs to uh, one former MP. Uh, 
uh, claimed almost $4,000 to go to the Deepak Chopra Center, um, the New Age Wellness and Educational Guru that uh, apparently runs an institute. And she, uh, you know, she, she spent a lot of money with him. Uh, a few people went to, uh, went to Harvard. But um, yeah, the, the story that I, that, that I wrote uh, on June 4th on sort of the life after politics was kind of inspired by that. Uh, Mr. Duque reached out to me and said, you know, it's, uh, you know, we're, um, you know, life after politics isn't all, isn't all beds and roses and stuff, you know, for, you know, particularly people who, who don't have an exit plan or people who don't have a, a viable career they can go back to, it can be pretty traumatic. Yeah. And, and while many politicians find themselves getting plum appointments or book deals, like I think have recently departed Alberta Premier Jason Kenney um, or uh, f- former finance minister Bill Morneau, many others are left struggling to find work. You know, you'd think politicians would be ideal employees. You know, you know, they care about public service. They're in a lot of cases, you know, have university degrees would, would be ideal, but why do they struggle to find work? It's, it really depends on what you, it really depends on what you do and what you did. It's, um, you know, a lot of times, you know, you get some, you know, single term, um, MPs who, you know, come into office, then they're voted out and pretty much that's that. But if you're in office for a long time, you know, your the skills that you had before you went to office, you know, they, they, they expire. Like, like, for example, I talked to, uh, I talked to Sue Barnes, who was an MP in London, Ontario. Um, she was a lawyer before she, uh, before she got voted into office, um, and she was in office for, for 15 years. And when she came out, she's like, well, you know, I can go back to my law practice, but I'm 15 years out of date. You know, you, you get your law degree. It, it's just not it if you're a lawyer. It's a constant uh, learning, learning new laws, learning about all the different changes. It's it's a constant sort of experience through after you graduate law school. It's just not the end of it. It's, uh, you know, to be uh, to be a capable current lawyer, you need to have – you know, current knowledge. And, and that's difficult. A lot of people assume that life after politics is an endless stream of board appointments and, and high paying, um, you know, you can be special rapporteurs and things <laughs> like that. But th- that, re- that really isn't the case. It really, uh, for, for a lot of MPs, it's, 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 it's stark. And uh, for her, for example, you know, she's uh, like a, a middle-aged woman suddenly out of work with, uh, with you know, her only recent uh, marketable job skills as being a politician, which, uh, and that's one of, re- one of the reasons why, you know, seeking office, uh, either trying to get reelected or even seeking office in, in, in other forms of government is so appealing to them. Like, for example, Andrew Horvath, who was the uh, leader of the Ontario NDP, is now the mayor of Ottawa, uh, mayor, mayor of Ottawa, I'm sorry, the mayor of Hamilton, Ontario, because it's, uh, you know, for a lot of these people who find themselves out of office, it's the only thing they know. And, you know, they, they want to sort of get back into it as, 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 as hard as they can. We'll be right back. You spoke with one prominent liberal MP, Mark Holland, whose experience after he lost the 2011 election was quite serious. And, and what did he describe about the experience of, of losing office and, and what effect it had on him? Yeah, he came forward um, uh, recently and talked about his experiences. He's he's currently he's he's a politician right now. He's currently the uh, the the Liberal House Leader in the House of Commons in Ottawa. But um, yeah, he, in, in 2011, he 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 lost. He 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 you know showed up on election night, uh, sat down with his family or whatever he did, and uh, he came uh, he came in second place, and it was crushing for him. You know, it's it was he told me it was devastating. He. Uh, 
you know, it's, it's sort of the, uh, the the fallout of his political life with his wife and kids uh, pretty much uh, came to a head, um, just with everything else in his life. And yeah, he tried to take his own life, and uh, for him, it was kind of the lowest point of of his career, of his of his career, he was sort of losing it, of being voted out, because, you know, one of the themes in, in all the former politicians I spoke to was that it's, you know, it's it's almost a sense of betrayal, you know, you spend your your time in office, you know, working for the people, advocating for your people, advocating for, for your constituents, and then when they decide to go to a different direction, it, it's, you almost take it personally, and that, that's, it's, you know, it's, Obviously, it's it's not a rational thing to think because you know people uh, you know the, the voters will, will will think how voters think, but you know it's 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 one of those feelings that you can't really put aside when you uh, you know when you lose an election like that. But yeah, he took it very hard. But uh, you know, he told me he says you feel personally rejected. It's hard to get over. You know, you feel like the neighbors and all the people you're working alongside forever had suddenly rejected you. That was a quote from uh, that he gave to me, and uh, you know, he said that uh, you know this, this, this attempted suicide was his, the lowest part of his life. But it made him it made him sort of get back on track, and uh, f- you know, four years after his loss, he's back in government. So you know, it's uh, it's, it's a great testament to uh, you know that uh, things are always darkest before the dawn. You know, even. Uh, even when you're in your lowest point, uh, things will get better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, while while not every MP who loses a seat considers taking their own life, you know, as mentioned earlier, talked to Sue Barnes, who, you know, struggled in terms of employment. What what was her experience with leaving politics and and the effect it had on her emotionally? Yeah, she, she took it like a, like, like a death. You know, she told me that she, she experienced grief for at least a year after that, uh, not only for the job, but really, she said what the job meant to her, you know, the, 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 the connections with the people, uh, you know, the, she said she missed the intellectual stimulation of the job. You know, it's uh, when you're an MP, you have, uh, you know, particularly if you're an MP in a large party, you know, you've got, uh, you've got all these resources available to you. you have people that are, will help you help do research. They'll help you do anything you want. But, and suddenly when you, when you're out of office, all that goes away. You know, she said that uh, kind of one of the biggest uh, shocks for her was going from like having a completely full and packed calendar to suddenly nobody wants to talk to her, nobody wants to call her, nobody's emailing her. And she said for her that was uh, a very, very hard thing to deal with. Uh, you mentioned earlier uh, this story was kind of inspired by Leo Duguay, who, who in your piece, he, he counted himself as one of the lucky ones. He managed to get himself a, a, a decent job after he landed pretty softly. But he was also, I believe, one time chair of the the association of former MPs, and he's heard from lots of colleagues. Like, what did what did he have to say about the experience, not just for him, but people that he he worked side by side with in the House of Commons? Yeah, he's uh, he, he was lucky. He was also, uh, you know, he accumulated six years of service, which qualifies you for government pension. Uh, only about forty percent of former parliamentarians actually are actually eligible for that. So it's it's not like everybody who gets voted off because of full pension. Like you've got to win at least one, you know, one one election part of a second term in order to qualify. Uh yeah, the uh he was former president of the uh of the, the parliament former parliamentarians association which uh you know which which provides support and advocacy for for people like him, people like uh like Sue Barnes, like Mark Holland when he was out of office, people who you know who find themselves out of office like that, and uh, you know they're they're there to support their their fellow parliamentarians. And yeah, it's one thing he told me with everybody that he's spoken to. It's 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 a definite loss. It's it's definitely it's it's not like 
it's not like losing a job. It's not like, you know, getting laid off. It's not like your boss coming in and saying, you know, Dave, you're fired. It's, it, it really is. It's, uh, it, it's a completely unique experience and it has a lot to do with, uh, sort of dealing with, with that loss of power, that loss of prestige, that loss of, uh, you know, people constantly wanting your opinion and wanting to get, you know, get your your thoughts on something and to suddenly just becoming a regular Joe who no one really cares what you have to think or say. Mm-hmm. And and this is common enough, obviously, like we've been a country for more than 125 years. We've had parliamentarians and they don't all win. They, we change governments. Like it's common enough that academics have even, have even studied it. And how would they describe it? Yeah. I spoke to uh, Tiziana Cascario, who's a professor of organiz- organizational behavior at uh, the Rotman School of Management at the U of T. And, and she actually wrote a book on it. Um, you know, she said that uh, this sort of transi- tran- transitional trauma—it's—it's it's real, and it's—it has to do with that uh, the gain and the sudden loss of power. It's you know having agency over other people. It's—it's it's a basic need that we all have to feel that we're in control and of not only of of sort of our situation but our existence as well. And when that gets when that gets pulled away, like when you're in politics, when you're voted into office, you're given. You know, immense control. Even if you're just a like a backbencher, or, you know, you're not a cabinet minister. You're still, you know, you still have a, a definite measure of control, control that people covet. And when that's gone, that's it, it's a big blow. And it doesn't compare to anything like in the corporate world. Even like a like a CEO or whatever gets fired or lost. It's nothing like. Uh, you know, the, the work in the corporate world is, is accomplished by, you know, the work you do and your performance. Um, you know, losing election, it's almost arbitrary. You know, it's, it really has to do with the, the whims of the, the, of the, the voters in your riding at that moment. Uh, it doesn't matter if you or your government has done particularly well. If your voters aren't happy with you or your ideology or your party, you're gone. And that is uh, – that sudden loss of power is, is very uh, – it, it, it's 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 a big thing to deal with. Even people who, even people who leave on their own their own accord, people who choose to retire, choose not to run again. That loss of power is significant, and it really is something that uh, I think a lot of people are prepared for. Mm-hmm. Now, I can imagine some people listening to this and our discussion and and thinking, "Well, come on, guys, they're politicians. They mess around with our money and." screw up the country. And then at the end of their term, they get a gold plated pension and they never have to worry again. Like ultimately based on your conversations with these current and former politicians, why do you feel it's important? The public knows about what politicians go through when they leave public life or what do the politicians say about that perception that the public may have? Is it about humanizing them? Is it about just, you know, showing that there is a downside to public life? Really, it's a big side effect of kind of the very politicized, ideological, uh, sort of partisan world we live in is that, you know, particularly if, uh, you know, if if you're one of these partisan nut jobs that, uh, you know, that it just sort of subscribe to, uh, you know, cheer for your political party like a sports team and and sort of like just, you know, base your whole personality around whatever ideology you believe in. You know, they, they don't understand that, you know, politics is very, you know, politics is real life. There's real people behind it. It's, you know, politics is nothing like what, you know, the online social media, Twitter hobbyists think it is. You know, a lot of MPs across Many parties are, are friends outside of the house, despite what you might see or think. And really, it is all about human. It's, you know, it, 
there, there's really is no difference between me and you and a person who gets selected office. They're still human. They still have feelings. They still have hopes, aspirations, dreams, regardless of whatever party they belong to. And yeah, it's, uh, it's, it definitely is important when you have a situation where an MP, you know, tries to take his own life after, uh, you know, it's, it really is. It's, 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 it's a humanizing aspect in that. I think that, uh, if people stop and thought for a minute that, you know, that the politicians that, uh, no, that, that service every day are human. I think that uh, people may uh, you know, reconsider a lot of the things they do and say. But yeah, really, it's it comes right down to humanity. It's uh, you know they're human like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Well, it's definitely a fascinating discussion and, and one that many Canadians don't think about. So Brian, thanks for your time. Anytime, thank you. Ten Three is produced by Tyler Dawson. Theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest Brian Passafume. More from him at NationalPost.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.